Hello. Good evening. Good evening. And how are you? I'm good. How are you? Still alive. Still alive. That's you know, that's good, I suppose. But uh, you know, unless you're going toward the whole vampire thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I do say it with some uh, some trace of unhappiness. Yeah, I mean, sure. If, if you want to be want to be a vampire, then being alive is definitely a disadvantage. <sighs> yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, welcome to episode three of uh, yes the Right Rings podcast. This episode, anyway. Season two. Season two. Welcome to this episode of season two of the Right Wings Podcast, dear listeners. Um, we have great news. Um, we shared this on Twitter, but uh, we surpassed a thousand listens across our episodes, which made our Cold dark hearts, very very it's happy. Pretty phenomenal. It's uh, it's wonderful, and we are we are superbly grateful for all of you who tune in and uh, follow along our babbling. Well, my babbling and, and Martin's. <laughs> yes, your babbling tends to cut you off. Yes, yes. Um, and we have uh, we also have uh, some pretty great guests. Um, coming up this season um, I we, we secured some some big names in the in the industry that uh, we've been pursuing so that's all good news for why don't I know this why, why am I only just hearing about this what's going on well last time if uh, memory serves uh, you've been uh, using the guest spot as a kind of tryout to try to replace me and uh, you know I, <laughs> I, I, I I did nothing of the sort I, I, I figured that you know uh, uh, some some surprise and uh, subterfuge um, may be in order what you mean is you arrange things and completely forgot to tell me because you, 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 your brain is just all over the place. Um, yeah, that too. And, you know, it's uh, so completely fresh that uh, the email is literally an hour old or so. So... <laughs> Never bullshitter, bullshitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, you can't blame a guy for trying. Well, I can. Well, true, true enough. Um, anyway, moving on. Any, anyway, how's your writing going these days? Don't ask. Don't ask. Do you want to talk about it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I, it's really frustrating. Um, this was this was our weekly "How's your writing going?" segment with Martin and Greg. <laughs> Yes, uh, which usually results in me just breaking down and crying in the corner. Um, yeah. Um, have you seen any Marvel movies lately? Um, I'm just hitting the, you know, I'm I'm, no. I'm, I'm just hitting the the hits like like 
I'm trying to make you make Martin cry. Oh, that's, we... that's what's happening here. <laughs> we, uh, we re my partner and I rewatched uh, Doctor Strange the other day, so there's that. Yeah, that's a fun movie. Yeah, it was. And uh, it, it makes really creative use of the concept of uh, time travel, or not time travel, but time as a uh, Yes. as a storytelling device which is uh, oh yeah um it it was otherwise a fairly mediocre movie i would say in my opinion but that that bit with dormammu that was oh, spoilers sorry um oh, come on it's been out for ages people should have seen it by now um you say that now but you saw infinity war in august if i recall Yes, I couldn't get to the cinema, but I mean, D- Doctor Strange has been out on DVD, it's on Netflix, it's everywhere now. If you haven't seen it and it's on Netflix, you've got no excuse. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, um, uh, it was it was kind of a consensus and I, I, I really agree that, uh, that it was kind of okay as far as, you know, movies go. Um, but that bit with Dormammu, that was that was pretty fantastic. Oh yeah, very clever. And speaking of uh, Marvel movies, uh, that um, that uh, brings us very nicely into a topic you brought up with me uh, in a conversation earlier um, about shared universes. Indeed, indeed, connected universes, because everybody and their grandma is seem to be um, creating. Uh, um, connected universes um and uh, and somebody i can't remember who um maybe it was on the fat man beyond podcast with uh, kevin smith and uh, marvin arden um that it was brought up that uh, it seems to be that singular stories are no longer what's the word chic Nobody, nobody seems to be telling single stories anymore. Everybody. When you try chic, chic, yeah, that's that's yes. that. Um, you and your pronunciations. Well, it's French, so blame them. Yeah, but like French and their language. It's just a little... Yeah, that they're. And I'm English, so we're we're not the same. Yeah, and there goes our our. A chance to score a French uh, guest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that we're different. I'm not saying anything otherwise. Yeah, the, I mean that ship kind of sailed with you being uh, being British. So um, we don't want to relive uh, those old experience hey hey if it helps i can bring up the fact that my great 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 whatever grandfather actually came over to escape the french revolution so i am actually a very tiny bit french yeah but you know um um also you very very tiny bit revolted against the french so well any anyway um so what do you think is is there like is is there a valid point to um to that complaint or is it is it something natural um because you know we we are lazy people it's i I think the problem is that it's not um it's not very uh 
it's not entirely accurate. So the way I see it, yes, there are a lot of people doing shared universes uh, and things like that, especially when you've got um, Marvel, uh, which has long been using shared universes, and DC, which has been doing it for ages in the comics, but has only just now started doing it with their TV shows and things. Um, But it's difficult to say that standalone stories are not doing so well because a lot of books give rise to sequels as well that's not a shared universe it's the same story it's the evolution of the same story is it though which yeah yeah it is and you know like okay so th- there is the kind of sequel that's that's a, that's the continuation of the story but at the same time you know um I, there is there is the idea of that that the sequel is is basically another story told in the very same universe it just happens to be very very close in the timeline um to to the original see personally i don't think it can be classified as a sequel if it doesn't feature any of the same characters or if uh the, the same characters from the first book only turn up as cameos or something that's not to me a sequel that becomes a shared universe story it's a, a like a tie-in um whereas a sequel would be taking my own books for example uh the sequel to a life in blood had the, the same central character and it was the evolution of his story all right okay that's that's again that's uh that's a perfectly valid point um what what uh what i was thinking about is that um when you when you set out to tell a story um it's the problem is that when you when the world and and the fact that it's a it's a shared universe or it's a single uh uh fictional world um gets in the way of telling the story like with the dc extended universe or tv universe or whatever the hell they they are calling it now um as opposed to marvel who did this brilliantly they told the iron man story they told the captain america story they told the doctor strange story story. um yeah they they told these individual stories which happen to be in the same universe but the the fact that it's a shared universe um didn't get in the way of uh, telling these stories and it's especially yeah. apparent um even to the point of being a disadvantage or or kind of a complaint um with the netflix shows they share the same universe but there is very little to tie them to the movies which is kind of a bummer yeah i mean they, they brought out the, the four separate shows obviously you had jessica jones daredevil uh luke cage and the much maligned iron fist um and then that they all got brought into a shared universe TV show as the Defenders. Yeah, um, and um, there was a, a there was a YouTube video that uh, my partner and I watched recently, which um, described them as as street level heroes, whereas the Avengers are yeah you know, they're stopping threats on a global scale pretty much you know when you've got things like Ultron and Thanos and all that lot, it's it's worldwide. It's a worldwide problem. But for the defenders of that bunch, it's centered around New York. So 
it's not going to mention a huge amount about things like the Avengers. They 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 do mention the Avengers and obviously the Battle of New York and things like that. Yeah, definitely. But, definitely, yeah, it, 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 from from tie into the universe, but fairly loosely, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like uh, it's a complaint um, as far as. Uh, spectacle goes because who wouldn't want to see Daredevil fight alongside Captain America um, or you know and speaking of Iron Fist um, um, I'm not caught up with uh, season 2 but from what I hear they cancelled it um, just as it got good so yeah good job from what I heard, from what I heard they, they cancelled it because um well, it earned its cancellation by basically taking several steps backwards in terms of storytelling and plot and things like that. Yeah, but... Um, so I guess we've... Spoilers. Like, I think it's a spoiler. Um, uh, I don't care how. Just anyway. Um, that uh, once a person of color became the Iron Fist, um, they cancelled it which was uh, a, a point of complaint for many people um, on Twitter. Which, if true, you know, I can understand that, you know, that's kind of a... Yes, but I don't know if it's going to be entirely as simple as that, because there have yeah. been pe- a lot of people who have you know, been following the show who have said that the second season was terrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, de- definitely they, they had some casting, uh, bad casting choices. But I would love to see uh, uh, Daughters of the Dragon um, continuation of the of the thing, like Misty Knight and uh, oh, I'm blanking on this. Um, and a bunch of other people. Yeah. So anyway, um, but you know, Marvel does this, um, and they they do it well. Uh, on the other hand. Uh, if you look at uh, the Superman movies, and particularly Batman v Superman, and then uh, Justice League, that's like going through the motions of of building a shared universe without telling uh, without telling the stories properly. Um, and... <laughs> because the problem was, as far as I can tell, we've got the various Batmans, we've got Supermans, and then we've got Batman v Superman, which had a brief cameo by Wonder Woman. Then they did uh, the Wonder Woman's movie, and then Justice League, which also involved a bunch of other people that no one really gives two shits about. Um, Well, the Flash was wonderful, and they made Aquaman work, so that was a feat. Yeah, but then they're doing Aquaman's movie after Justice League, which makes no sense. With the Avengers, as you pointed out, we saw all the individual movies before we saw the Avengers. So it it made sense to us. We saw all of their individual stories, how they were approached by S.H.I.E.L.D. and how they start to... the the threads are already starting to be tied before it's all brought together in the Avengers. So that when Avengers comes out, everyone's like, oh my god, we finally get to see it happen. And then with Justice League, everyone's just like, that's great. There's like five characters in there that I've never heard of before. Why am I hearing about these only now? It's it, it's stupid. Yeah, and and the other it, that's perfectly right. Um, they they kind of got the cart before the horse, as uh, as it's uh, uh, said. 
it, they they haven't told a single story before they shot the, an entire universe down our throats. Um, and sure enough, there was uh, other problems with the Justice League movie. Um, plenty uh-huh. of them, actually. What exists? Um, uh, oh, yeah, and and the Batman v Superman as well. Martha. <laughs> Um, that that's the that's the single stupidest um, creative decision I I have ever seen yes. put on on film. Um, I, I I thankfully haven't had the misfortune to see to see that film, but I've seen plenty of uh, videos about it and and I've seen plenty plenty of reviews and it's just it's just why yeah just why? don't don't yeah don't waste your time with it. It's, I don't it's not. To. <laughs> um, and and the other thing um, that Marvel does well and DC doesn't, and the other thing that people seem to misunderstand when they set out to to do all these grand designs for um, shared universes is the gradually increased scale. Oh yes. When when you have uh, when you have Iron Man, um, you know Iron Man is a very personal movie it's a very personal story it's a, yes, it's a it story is. of one 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 person um and then it gets bigger and it's to get gets bigger and with every movie um the characters get a glimpse of the larger picture um and this and the and the stakes get gradually and gradually higher um and that's an important part of uh, you can't start high or you or you have nowhere to go from there which again tying back to uh, um, going back to the the whole justice league issue that was a problem they made with that is they started off low jumped immediately to the the big team up where everyone really really loves and then dropped back down to the more personal stories which again it's just throwing people off and and even before that, you know, um, they they actually started really really high with with uh, Man of Steel, um, because they started with a character who who's basically a god, and they say as much in the in the movies, um, who can basically he he stopped Earth rotating. That if I recall correctly. Um, that's that's like some high level stuff to to deal with as opposed to you know trying to survive uh captivity in afghanistan with iron man um so they they yeah they definitely are jumping uh all, all over the place and the interesting thing with dc in particular is that when they do it uh when they do it right, when they do it well, and uh, they definitely have this whole thing down in in TV shows, as opposed to Marvel, who seem to be struggling beyond the Netflix shows, um, yeah. is they they have like brilliant properties like the Flash, the Arrowverse that they built very gradually. Um, and it's amazing um, with the Arrow, the Flash, Supergirl, um, and uh, and they could do it. And I just don't understand how they can't apply that to their movies. And now 
as a side note, I started watching Titans, which is a delight, a very dark and very grim delight uh, from DC. It's uh, it's properly amazing. And of is, that, it's... Uh, is that an animated one? No, it's a it's a it's a live action um, Teen Titans um, TV show. Um, made or created by the same guy Greg Berlanti who who created uh, Arrow who created Supergirl who created uh, The Flash um, all these CW um, DC shows um, and he's he's really a genius and like like I said when I say it's dark it's uh, the the quote from Robin who says fuck Batman is an actual quote from the show nice i like that and it's not even from the end like he he beats up guys like uh there is blood there is gore there is um violence um and there are some demons involved and uh oh, yeah, that'd be the stuff surrounding uh, raven i imagine yeah and alien princesses and uh and that that was the that was the pilot that's you know that's not even mid-season finale or season finale that was the goddamn pilot that um, sounds good yeah and I'm, I'm really as an aside can I just point out I despise the term mid-season finale because if it's mid-season it ain't a finale well yeah yeah you you know we can keep nitpicking at this but that's not that's, like, that's, a, that's a turn when you know when uh, when we have a screenwriter on the show um you can probably ask them you know, whether it's a thing or not um where was i um i have no idea oh yeah um the uh, you know upping the scales um so and and what marvel does well and what these tv shows do well as uh, uh, as a counterpoint to that so it is it doesn't just apply to marvel and it doesn't just apply to movies, um, is that even though this, the stakes are getting higher and higher and higher, um, they still manage to tell extremely personal stories and self-contained stories. Um, like uh, Infinity War, sure enough, it, you know, it, that's, that's on a scale that nobody has ever seen in a movie before. Uh-huh. And at the same time, it's extremely personal for yeah. every character. It's personal for Tony Stark. It's personal for um, Captain America, and but and everybody. But most of all, it's personal for Thanos. Which, yeah, like like we pointed out pointed it out um, uh, in a previous episode. Um, so so all these all these things, um, and, and nobody seems to be noticing this. Because the the when 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 people say sh- it's a shared universe, everybody just goes crazy, and you know it's world building and it's uh, um, it's cont- uh, continuity and uh, whatever. No, just tell a single story, and you know, and then tell another story and another story and another story, um, and just oh, keep the world. Oh, yeah. And just keep the work consistent, and the rest will fall into place. It's not 
it's you know it's it's not uh, moon landing we are talking about here. It's just uh, telling stories that happen to take place exactly. in the same in the same world. Yeah, huh. and that's uh, that would be my my actual actionable advice to to writers and to the and and kind of the point. Um, I wanted to make with the, with this topic is that uh, the world building and this comes from me, who I, I live for world building, and it needs and it needs to make sense. It needs to be deep and it, it needs to be real, um, in a manner of speaking, um, before I can even write down a word of a story. But but once that's done, I'm not you know the world isn't a character uh, the world is the setting and once I've done all that stuff that I need to do then I can tell a story but then I'm telling a story I'm not showcasing or it's it's not a it's not an amusement ride it's still storytelling mm-hmm. and you know um what you know I would love to hear your thoughts on this because you kind of uh, you play around in the same uh, uh, space. Um, I know you don't view it as such because you you say it's a it's it's kind of a, a single story across multiple books, but uh, but it's still a, a shared space. And uh, are you planning on? branching out at all into different characters and different stories set in the same well that's why the the series is actually referred to as the chronicles of the order is because it's originally my original plan was never to stick solely to the story of 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 deimos and um what happens down his line like the third book is actually told from the perspective of his sister um it's it's technically the same story but it's it's about her role in the end of Damus Damus's story um but yeah there are other stories that I wanted to tell within the within the same universe um some of them will probably be uh in fact no some of them will definitely be um stories from earlier points in the lives of my vampire characters um like with Leviates I wanted to tell uh, the story kind of her origin story really so this would be her um, her Iron Man if you would um, so it tells of where she came from it tells of her uh, her career as a, a privateer in like the 1500s and just just gives a bit more background to her so that's just one of the ones I've got planned I'd love to do a whole bunch of these other stories that kind of show a bit more about some of the other characters that I've written. So yeah, I would definitely love to do these these sort of stories that tie into the universe, that make it a shared universe. Um, I think there's potential in, the, the, in, in, in vampires as a whole for that sort of thing to happen, which is again, something that really fascinated me. That type of story. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Vampires are great for for telling uh, these kind of large scale or or uh, stories that span 
like huge timescales because you know they are immortal so mm-hmm. and, and even and even you know with if if you take a step outside of that and like you know you tell stories within us in the, within the same clan or um whatever you call it um that's still you know a huge time scale um that you can play around them mm-hmm. absolutely um there's a there's a great youtube channel uh, for which i will put uh, the link in the description called terrible writing advice um it's <laughs> it's, it's it's absolutely brilliant it's uh, uh i made a note to myself to uh to uh, share the the guy's name who runs the channel um but then i i didn't because i forget because my, my uh, brain is all over the place as we discussed earlier um but yeah uh, there will be a link in the show notes um or just uh, uh search for terrible writing advice um it's a delightful uh channel and um he points out in multiple videos um on different aspects like dystopia and evil empires and uh Grim dark and and all these uh, kind of uh, uh, aspects of uh, of writing tropes uh, that make no sense because they are there for as as gimmicks, um, as opposed to like when you when you put the characters in in stakes that are not earned, um, then you you kind of bore the reader and you get nowhere. Um, like if there is an evil empire, nobody really thinks, okay, but how is it sustained? Why, you know, why isn't it toppled? If there is a dystopia, um, how is it sustainable? If it's post-apocalyptic, um, why people are turning on each other instead of uh, uh, banding Help together for, yeah, for survival and and all that? Um, so, and it got me thinking that. Uh, and i read a great article in the new york times which i will also link in the show notes um is that art became a playground for addressing current issues like uh, uh in society in politics in in whatever um and do you think these things um kind of turning our fiction dark and kind of hopeless as opposed to like uh, science fiction in the 60s and 70s or 50s which was kind of hopeful and triumph uh, you know um uh, trumpeting um the technology that we have to you know go to the moon and and whatever so where is my moon base where is my my jetpack and where is my optimism from sci-fi that it Yeah, um it does seem like uh, uh a, a lot of science fiction is, is is getting a little bit more um dark and dreary and bleak and oh my god the whole world is ending and we're all going to die kind of thing. I mean, yes, it is and we are, but uh yeah, while that happens, why not give us something a bit more cheerful to think about? <laughs> 
Yeah, and and you know there is like I enjoy a post post uh, apocalyptic uh, novel as much as the next guy, and I really like dystopias because they can offer uh, fascinating insight into into the dangers um, that are inherently present in in certain technologies, in certain political um, movements, and so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. But when they are there as a gimmick and they offer no commentary and no um, no solution, then it it becomes empty and it's kind of a self uh, self not a self fulfilling prophecy. But you know, once dystopias get popular, everybody will do dystopias and they will be even less thought out than the ones that came before and so on and so forth. Um, and we end up with uh, with the genre that has lost all meaning. Um, and I'm wondering, what do you think? Like, you write vampires, which is yes, I do. Kind of a like kind of a, a very classic uh, um, representation of uh, exploring the human psyche, the the dark side, and the and kind of a, the struggle between humanity and our demonic or or animalistic instincts um so yours is pretty dark and at the same time you know it's traditionally very very useful in kind of exploring these themes without like removed from a real world context um do you think there is a there is a a a legitimate place for art to to be a battleground for morality issues and can it be like a straight analogy or is it better if we use metaphors if we use um kind of uh if we remove the real world from the real world issues and discuss them like isolated within within the realms of fiction sometimes i think um if you if you're discussing real world issues you need to at least tie it back to the real world um as a almost as a means of just providing context um i i do think that if you are going to to to, to mention these sort of issues you, you do need to kind of keep them grounded um as where they are so that people can see where they are now and then the possibility of where they can go whether that's um whether it goes to a, a good place or a bad place and you can actually explore the kind of decisions made by um made by uh, societies and governments that lead to either the, the the positive or negative outcomes of certain um certain issues that fa- that face societies today but yeah, I absolutely think that there is still a place um, in um, art and certainly our type of medium um, for dealing with uh, dealing with and discussing um, morality issues and all sorts of other issues that that people face on a regular basis today, regardless of scale. That's true enough. That's true enough. And I think to some extent, to some extent if I can just add another thing to some extent i actually think we're obligated to to try and tackle issues sometimes because i mean we all of us who write we have 
we have a gift we do we can create worlds we can craft so many things uh, on on paper and reach so many people when those books get out into the world we have an extraordinary ability to 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 actually put things into what we write that can shape people's perceptions of things and there there could potentially be people who have never considered say lgbt rights or anything like that until they read a book that deals with them in a particular way or that, that talks about them in a particular way and then suddenly their perception is altered and they're like i've been approaching this wrong it has happened it can still happen and i think in certain respects we we have an obligation to try and take those issues that that society faces and to talk about them as broadly and as widely and as often as we can to to help bring attention to them to help normalize them and to help bring about change yeah that's uh, that's absolutely true and and it's exactly what i was going to say that uh um we have this tremendous responsibility um because what we do doesn't just affect like a, a politician whose power is uh is very limited in a way um of of course there are high levels of government um that change the that affect generations like uh putting a certain person on the supreme court um and uh which is a you know a lifetime appointment that affects the next 50 years um but as writers um like artists in particular and uh writers very specifically have an even longer reach um like think of how old some of the some of the the stories that you read are uh-huh. and they still have an effect today they still um stay with us uh stories have power and uh they go well beyond um our lifetimes and they will affect people um many many years from now hopefully that's kind of the idea anyway um so we have we have a certain responsibility and uh, and the reason why i one of the reasons why i brought up the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s science fiction is that uh they served as a as kind of a guiding star as an inspiration for people to get into science to kind of get to the future that they grew up reading and that's an immense responsibility like uh-huh. imagine the people who grew up reading Asimov or uh, uh Stanislav Lem or or all these classics or or Clark or whoever um or even Verne Jules, uh, Jules Verne um it's like they grew up to create the voyage voyager probes they uh, landed a man on the moon and so on and so forth they they explored the solar system and what does our generation have we we kind of, <laughs> yeah. we, we kind of grew up 
watching the world burn to the ground. That's not, you know, that's not very inspiring. It's, it's really you know, cool. like the only thing that um, um, the last 20 years of science fiction really, like, respect for the exception, obviously, um, because there are many. Um, it's just that, generally speaking, the only thing science fiction inspired me in the last 20 years is to leave this planet as soon as that's technologically possible. Yes. Which is, an, you know, that's, that's, that's an aspiration and all that, but uh, yeah, that, there is kind of a, there's kind of a, a very grim um, perspective on, on our future. And I think that's dangerous because if art becomes hopeless, then the people consuming that art or growing up with that art is... They, they become they, hopeless. They, they become hopeless, yeah. And uh, the... Neil Stevenson uh, had, a, had a good thought on this, that uh, we forgot how to tackle big issues, um, like the moon landing or, or uh, going to space and all that stuff. And he started a project uh, called, uh, well, him and 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 the uh, and the university and a bunch of very smart uh, other people uh, started a project called Project Hieroglyph. Um, I think I will put the link in the description um, to both the book and the project website, which is kind of it was an attempt to collect sci-fi stories that are hard sci-fi and that and and the other criteria was that uh, it would be hopeful that, that they would be hopeful that they would uh, bring people to to tackle these big issues like uh, I don't know um, space which is from an engineering perspective it's a much more sensible arrangement than uh, shooting rockets into the sky every time, um, and so on. Um, so, so yeah, we have a tremendous responsibility, and uh, we should build it uh, wisely. Mm. Definitely. Well, that was possibly one of the most serious and mature uh, discussions we've we've had for quite a while. Uh, personally, That's- I'm alarmed. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that you know we should end with a joke or something because this is not very much not not on brand for us that we are being insightful <laughs> and uh, you know serious and kind of mature at all. Yeah, that's alarming. Yeah, that, that's just definitely not us. It's 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 scary. In fact, I think aliens have infiltrated infiltrated our brains and now we are being controlled. Yes. So, um, uh, so from uh, me and my brain parasite, um, I think uh, this is a, a good time to start winding down. Yeah. My, me, me, and my my symbiote agrees. I think. Yes. Fun times. Uh, okay. So. Um, as per usual, uh, any uh, links that we've we've mentioned and uh, our own personal um, Twitter links will be available in the show notes, as will the link for our um, our joint 
Writerings podcast uh, Twitter page. Uh, please feel free to get in touch with us through either uh, either of our own personal pages, the Writerings page. Um, we, you can leave uh, voice messages for us here on Anchor as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to say to us, whether it's feedback, whether you want to shout at us, whether you want to raise a topic, or just generally say hi, we welcome it all. So please do feel free to get in touch. And also we have an email address, which is writerings.podcast at gmail.com. Am I right? Yes, and I'm I'm starting to get alarmed because you know you you got this thing down. Like, what am I doing yeah. here? Well, it's just I figured you know I am yeah a co-host. I don't want to just be sitting around being really quiet every time it comes to doing the uh, the housekeeping, as you call it. Um, you're really good at it, so you know. Thanks. I feel uh, good. Now. <laughs> Um, uh, we thank you for your for your time and attention. Um, As always, please, please let us know um, if where we can improve and what you would like to hear from us. Um, and uh, yeah, we will talk to you and uh, to each other and to ourselves and to our Frequently. guests um, next week. Yes. Thank you very much and good night. Cheers. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.